and welcome to Parenting Grit Podcast, faith-filled real talk about family life, the ups, the downs, and everything in the middle. Genevieve and Derek here. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back. Great to have you back. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. In this season of Parenting Grit, we are taking a tour through some of the highlights of one of our favourite parenting resources, the book Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family by Paul David Tripp. This book looks at the big picture of parenting and in this episode, we are going to be discussing authority. Big topic. Mm. All right, so we all live in a world where we are under somebody's authority. That is true. One of the foundational heart issues that we all face, but especially our children, is that of authority. Yeah. So Tripp opens this chapter by explaining that children must learn that they have been born into a world of authority and that they are not it. <laughs> Which is tricky. Especially I think we all think we're it. Correct, and especially our children mm. sometimes. So that's because we are actually born with a natural resistance to authority yep. other than our own. We want our own way. And even as adults, I think we know that's a wrestle sometimes. Our sinful nature places us squarely in the centre of our own lives and yet we've actually been created in such a way as to have a need for that place to be reserved for God, not ourselves. So Jesus came to die to set us free from our bondage to ourselves. Mm. So in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15, it says, And he, that is Jesus, died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. As parents, we also need to realise that we have no ability to deliver our children from their self-rule. Only Jesus does. Yeah. And at times, when we attempt to use our tone of voice or our physicality or threats to do this, we tip over from authority to authoritarian and move from the grace of God into our own limited strength in this battle. Yeah, and that's something we want to try avoid doing. Totally. <clears throat> Trip points out that it is God's plan to make his invisible authority visible in the life of children by sending parents of authority to represent his authority in the lives of children who need authority. That's pretty big. Let me say that again. So God's plan is to make his invisible authority visible in the life of children by sending us as parents of authority to represent his authority in the lives of children who need authority. It's a big call. Big call. So our job is shown here to be to work towards establishing clear, loving, consistent biblical authority in the lives of our children. That is our call. Yeah. So in Ephesians 6 verse 4 it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Mm. As we can see in this scripture, as parents, we do not have independent authority. We do not have the right to exercise our authority however we might want to exercise it. We have ambassadorial authority. We stand in a holy place as parents as a physical representation of the authority of God. Yeah. Every time we exercise authority in the lives of our children, there is an opportunity to create a beautiful picture of God's authority for our children. Because to reject authority is to reject God. 
And that never goes well. Not for anybody. <laughs> it sure doesn't. Correct. So as parents, none of us get this right consistently. So I think we need to take the perfection hat off if any of us are feeling like this is rather too large a call because it actually is. We need God to help us. Yes. But Tripp's chapter helps to explain that when we get this wrong, it can actually reinforce the natural rebellion towards authority found in the hearts of our children. So if we come across too authoritarian Mm -hmm. or exercise authority in a way that is harmful, then we're actually going to... Yeah, create the opposite heart in our kids than the one that we actually want. So in the Ephesians 6 verse, it speaks of discipline and instruction. So our focus is not just on discipline of behaviour, but also the impartation of wisdom and understanding as we discipline. Yep. Yeah, and I, I mean, we all get frustrated and we've all probably said at some point, you know, to our kids because I said so or just do as I say without any sort of instruction or understanding. It's just yep. control. But Tripp explains that the goal is to help our children to eventually understand that submission to God's authority is where life and freedom are found. So when we combine ambassadorial discipline with ambassadorial instruction, we provide an opportunity for Holy Spirit to work conviction and desire for help and ultimately God's help in the hearts of our children. So what does this all look like, you're probably asking yourself? It looks like parents who have self-control. <laughs> and so that can sometimes be uh, a, a difficult thing to keep uh, and have. Yes. And, we, and, and also consistency. As we discipline our children, that we take the opportunity to explain age-appropriate whys mm. behind why we are holding our children to the standards, yeah. to God's standards. Chip encourages us not to let our anger at our children's disobedience control us and lead us to do and say things that we should not. Our moods should not dictate the consistency of the picture of authority that we represent. Yeah. But we all fall at times in trying to do this. We sure do. And we have a, an amusing tale in our home, which is amusing now, but it's now 20-odd years later after the event, which is like the uh, gold standard of how angry mum can become. <laughs> our daughter had had a fringe and we had grown her fringe out and I had just had her hair trimmed and it was all beautifully one length and uh, she was colouring in one morning, her hair was in her way. Instead of asking as she usually did for me to tie it back, she took things into her own hands and she got her scissors and she cut a very large chunk of hair right back pretty much to her scalp at the front of her head. And uh, then she very tidily took that chunk of hair and put it in a bin. And I didn't actually notice first up, on her person, I saw the chunk of hair. I actually thought it was a mouse in the bin. When I realised what it was, I just went crazy. And I remember <laughs> just – I remember feeling like I was almost orbiting the planet. I was so angry. And it was completely out of perspective for what had happened or her age or yep. any of those things. And we can laugh about it now, but at the time, I remember thinking – I need to never get this angry again. Yeah. <laughs> I was really good, good quite call. cross. And I remember feeling grumpy about it for a good two days. It took me quite a while to calm, calm down. down. Yeah. Yep. So what I want to say about that, apart from you know the confession there, is that when we do exercise our authority in ways that cause us to say or do things that we then regret later when we've calmed down, it's an excellent opportunity for us to show our children what apology looks like. 
to model humility and apology and restitution and to show them that, yes, mum and dad sometimes get this wrong as as well and this is how we get our self-control back and this is how we repair relationships. So, yeah, take those opportunities. If you do get it wrong, turn it around, bring it back to a place of peace, humility and apology. Yeah, that's great. I do remember that too. I think I hid somewhere else in the house. <laughs> yeah, I'm yep. scary. <laughs> so Trip counsels us as parents to fight our authority battles young mm. because fighting those battles is with teenagers is a whole lot more difficult. Yep. So that means in little things that we might not think are important or that might seem easy to let slide, um, we need to stand ground as yep. parents. And we've got a few examples of that. We do, we do. And uh, you can actually find on YouTube Paul David Tripp on authority and he explains this so beautifully. But these are the two examples that he brings. And the first one is around food. He says that, you know, a child doesn't want to eat its vegetables. That's his example. And Tripp points out that food fights aren't actually about food. He says, our children haven't researched diets and decided they're going to follow a particular diet. It's actually about authority. Our children are saying, I am my own authority and you can't tell me what to put in my mouth. It's an authority battle and we need to see it as that and we need to rise up and exercise our parental authority. Young children are actually incapable of knowing what is best for them here. So it's, (laughs) it's our need as parents to exercise our authority and our care over them and look we had a few of these battles along the way and they are tricky to manage because by the time you're sitting particularly around a dinner table of an evening as parents you've either been out to work or you've been working at home all day with the children and you're exhausted yeah so this is a really easy time for us to abdicate authority and decide right they can just have a jam sandwich I don't care But that's not actually what the battle is about. And being consistent, consistently saying to your kids, well, this is what's for dinner, this is what the family are having, they're not going to starve themselves. Uh, Asking them to be reasonable and try one mouthful or one taste of of the foods they don't like whilst providing, you know, plenty of the foods they perhaps do like. But continually just chiseling away at that and being consistent. And I do remember a few years down the track, one of our children looking at their plate and looking at me and saying, thanks for making me eat all these foods because I used to hate everything on this plate. Yeah, totally. So, you know, it is worthwhile parents. You end up with kids who eat a broader range of things if you if Absolutely. you consistently fight that authority battle because it does help them be better foodies in the future. But it also establishes that mum and dad are the ones that set what is eaten in our home and what mealtime looks like. Yeah, and so that's a great example. And another example that Trip. um Uh, talks about is that of bedtime. (laughs) So no child ever asks us to exercise our authority over them and help them get the sleep that they need, (laughs) but they actually need us to do it. Yeah. They haven't done a sleep study, that is our children. Mm. They don't know how much sleep sleep is best for their growth and for their development, and they'll fight us on that all the way. Yeah. We need to exercise our greater authority here, and, and I know that for Genevieve and I, we've certainly fought some battles over the time with not wanting to go to bed. Yeah. But um, making bed fun and making bed an enjoyable place to be is certainly a part of that. Mm. But then sticking to your guns when it's bedtime, it's bedtime. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Not asking Not always easy. like, would you like to go to bed? No, of course they don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It's too easy for us to abdicate our authority and hand it over to our children to give them choices that actually should be ours. But our children need us to be the adults. They need us to have the superior wisdom, greater levels of self-control and understanding of God's nature. When our children are experiencing big emotions and having trouble with their self-control, they don't need us to join them there. They need us to take the higher ground. And I sometimes think of it like a mud puddle. When our kids are splashing around in the mud of their emotions and the mud of the issues that they're facing, they actually don't need us as parents to jump in the mud with them. They need us to stand on the edge of the puddle and help them out. Sometimes with older children, for us, we've found that that means sometimes pausing those more conflicted conversations, perhaps sending your child off to go and have a shower or a bath or spend some time in their room to calm down yeah. before continuing working towards a resolution. And we've done that yeah. quite a few times, sent them off and said, look, we're just going to stop now. Uh, I've actually used the language when they've become quite verbal towards us of just saying, you know, I have enough dignity to stop you right there and not receive any more of those unkind words. I'd like you to go to your room or go and have a shower now and just just think about what we've talked about so far and we'll revisit this. And I remember one of our children coming out of the shower and saying, I'm very sorry, Mum, that sounded a lot more mature in my head. And I thought, (laughs) great, they've gone away, they've been able to calm down, regulate their emotions and and have a think. So sometimes they just need us to not react but to respond and to be a wise, calm voice of authority. That's very good. So sin makes us come out of the womb as self-appointed self-sovereigns, mm-hmm. and that's true for all of us. And that is what we are parenting. They want to rule their own lives, and if we allow that, trip warns, that never goes anywhere good. Yeah. And I think we could probably all see how that could go badly. Mm. It's not loving to allow our children to exercise their own authority in areas that they are clearly not capable. Tripp reminds us that God is glorious in his utter consistency to uphold his holy commands and discipline his children. Yeah. Our children need the, the security of faithful, consistent, firm, uncomprom- uncompromising and loving authority. Authority that is motivated and tempered by grace. Yeah. So we would love to pray for ourselves as parents and for you. Father God, we thank you that you are glorious, majestic, sovereign, holy, and that you are also Father. We thank you that you love us and parent us, that you exercise grace, mercy, and forgiveness in your parenting of us all the time. Father, we want to be like you. Help us to be faithful and consistent, loving, firm and uncompromising. Lord, we ask right now that you'd fill us with your grace. And Father, give us strength and humility when we need to apologise and help us to be confident as ambassadors of your love and grace and authority in the lives of our children. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on Parenting Grit Podcast. We hope you're finding this series on big picture parenting helpful. And remember that you can connect with us via our Parenting Grit Facebook page. Until next time.